sometimes hey you hey what's new well that was a lot of energy i like that i feel like i need to match that now because <laughs> <laughs> it's easter weekend i know it's so nice i literally just had some hot cross buns with chocolate spread jesus would be very proud you know it's very it's very strange and i spoke to lauren about this like as much as like i'm not like a practicing catholic anymore it's so instilled into me that like fridays i won't eat i won't eat meat i had fish yesterday for supper and then like sunday we have like a lamb dinner by the way if you're vegan i'm really sorry if you're listening to this that's cool i didn't know that that was a thing because i know very little about catholicism oh yeah we we like to eat certain foods and be big fat hypocrites really throughout life to be honest so so yeah shout out to all the priests out there you know what i'm saying but no it's been good it's been good to have some time off hasn't it because we're not booking holidays are we so we're not getting that like proper break anymore oh exactly it's just nice to veg out and do absolutely nothing definitely and i and you normalize doing absolutely nothing mm. like, when people say like what are you doing this weekend it's all right to be like nothing absolutely nothing and i'm mm. fine resting recharging plugging myself in yeah capitalism ties our worth to productivity so we don't we don't have to do that guys cheers to that that was very profound and smart <laughs> look at you go i love that gosh do you think they're like the working style of like Monday to Friday, nine to five, do you reckon it will change eventually? Because it's not the most productive, is it? No, I think it is going to change. I think obviously we're seeing a shift to like remote working now, but I think with that eventually you're going to come to the change of like people basically saying, well, I don't need five days a week to be able to do my workload. I can do four days a week. In fact, I have a friend already who gets every second Friday off because they have now started working as long as you clock a certain amount of hours you're fine. So I think we're going to be seeing more things like that, which would be fun. I like that. That's interesting. Yeah, I think, I definitely think there's like certain points of the day where you're more productive and certain points of the day when you're least productive. Because mm-hmm. I've like, I've got a massive sales background. So for me, like the most productive hours in sales is between 10 and 12 and two That's and right. four when you're talking to people. Mm-hmm. So around that time, you're obviously doing admin and things like that. But yeah, I could, I could definitely see it. I think less days, maybe not longer hours, but it depends. I think some days you're more productive than others. Like I always like being in the office on a Monday because you get a lot yeah. of stuff out the way and done. But then like Wednesdays, I like being at home because it's like a nice little midweek relax. You can catch up with bits and pieces and work at, you know, yeah, kind of thing. I love working from home. I will just say that I've loved work. I've been working from home for like three, four years on and off. So I love it. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. I really do. And you're a fan of I it. Like- I know you want to go back. I know you like a mix, don't you? I'm the yeah. Same. I like a mix. Yeah. Before, when we were all in the office, mostly full time, I would get one day working from home a week. And I think it was usually a Wednesday and it was a nice way to break up the week. But now having done it for over a year, I just I miss my colleagues. I miss I also miss the London commute a little bit. Like there are things about the way thing. And I don't know whether that's like me nostalgically looking back on it. And the minute I go back into an office, I'm like, oh, actually, I hate this. But um, we'll find out. We'll find out. You will. You're not the first person who said that, though. A few people have said they missed the commute. I don't miss the commute. <laughs> I do not. The moving up north, one of the biggest things was I never have to see the M25 again, the M11, the circle line. No, thank you. So, yeah, everyone's everyone's a bit different. Everyone's mm. a bit different. Yeah, the circle line. 
oh god in the summer on the circle line I just memories lots of deodorant that's what I'm gonna say um so we have a lovely podcast this week so the BAFTAs are coming up which is the British I actually don't know what that means. So I'm just going to say, I know it means like film, television, awards, British Association, something like that. Academy? Yeah, something like that. Those people. Um, It's another award show that gets a lot of things wrong. But I will say out of all of them, I do respect the BAFTA winners a lot more than the others sometimes. They throw a little spanner in the works. Like, do you remember the year when it was like Jessica Chastain versus Jennifer Lawrence for Best Actress? And they gave it to Emmanuel Riva. And I was like, oh, Oh yeah, yes. bit of spice. Yeah, bit, bit of spice. spice. And I was just like, okay, I like that. You're like, I am not participating in this two horse race. I'm giving mm. it to someone else. But one of the things they do is they have a rising star award, which is voted by the audiences. But the actual nominees, I think, they're put together by the BAFTAs. It's been called many things over the years. It was originally called the Orange Award. It was then called the EE Award. But the funny thing about this award is that a lot of the time, the nominees for rising star are actually established actors. Yeah. So so we've decided to look back on the past 10 years of these nominees and winners and basically look to see where they are and to see if an award like this actually does something for people's careers. And obviously there's a lot of conversation within this as well about race and gender, which we will dive into because, you know, it is not having it all. We do like to dissect the elite of awards. Yeah, yeah, I guess dissect that sort of like traditional system. Yeah, let's go for it. Mm. Um, So, like I said, we're going all the way back to 2010, which is a year that I really love and I wish I could have it right now. It's a great year. We could go see Inception at the cinema. We could we could be excited for the Social Network coming out. There's what else happened in 2010? Kesha was very no gosh, Kesha, Katy Perry's second album. What were you doing in 2010? I was in year 12. Same. Yeah, I was in year 12, living my best life. I felt like sixth form is really where I started to grow into myself and get, you know, like, get hot. Um, so I, <laughs> I was happy. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I was having a great 2010. I'm just trying to think of the fashion back then. I definitely remember that there was, like, flower crowns started coming into the mix. Yeah. And... It's when I started thinking, oh, I'm really edgy because I wear black nail varnish like Lauren Conrad. Mm -hmm. And I do like under, I think this is when I started doing like winged eyeliner in 2010. Same, same. Yeah. Oh God, what else? And I'm pretty, right, at one point as well, because I loved Katy Perry back then. You remember when she had um, blue and pink hair extensions? I had blue and pink hair extensions. I did. Oh my God, I love that. I did. Oh my God. I'm just trying to think of what else I used to wear back then. It was just very bohemian stuff, like folk dresses and tights and things like this. It's so mad that to think back then we didn't have like, Twitter was around, but we weren't really using it. Instagram didn't exist. It's just, MySpace was still around. Mm. We were just coming off the end of it. Yeah, God. The nostalgia. What a time. I was going to say 21 years ago. That's just the highlights <laughs> that in 2010, I should have on my math, but it was 11 years ago. So 2010, the nominees we had for Rising Star, we had Jesse Eisenberg. So he was recognised for his role in The Social Network. Prior to being nominated, though, he he wasn't in a lot of films. I think the biggest thing he was in, you know, he was in The Squid and the Whale, he was in Adventureland, and he was in Zombieland. So 2009 was a big breakout year for him. So that's probably quite a good nomination, I would say. I mean, since then, 
his career, it's been a little bit odd, to be honest. He has worked with Woody Allen twice. Oh, Jesse. Not once, but twice. Um, he's done Now You See Me, and then he did Now You See Me Too. Probably the biggest thing he's done in, like, blockbuster-wise is he, of course, was Lex Luthor in mm-hmm. Batman uh, versus mm-hmm. Superman, and then obviously in the Justice League and in Snyder Cut. We've cast him, though, for Lex Luthor. I know a lot of people are a bit angry about this. Wait, was that a question? What do I think of him as Lex Luthor? I mean, do you think it works? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah? I think it does work. I mean, I'm not the biggest Justice League person. Like, I know very little about it, but I watched the film and I was convinced by it. So, hence, hence why she didn't appear on the Snyder Cut yes. episode. Neha handed in a very convincing sick note and was like, I will not be attending. I won't be there. <laughs> yeah, I think he's quite good at playing a bad guy because he's mm. got that kind of creepiness to him. And also, social network, he is technically a villain. Like he's the, a dickhead. He, the behavior he has, and like the end when he's like refreshing that friend request, yeah. it's very much like sinister behavior. He's very narcissistic. I think he plays the narcissist really well. He does. He does. He's got that kind of underlying. Oh God, I just love the social network. I could talk same. About this all day. Same, same. Also joining him in nominees was Nicholas Holt. So he got a nominee for 2009's A Single Man. I mean, we just love our skins, boys. We just love Thank our you. skins, boys. And let's just say there's more of them coming in this episode. Let's just leave it as that. Since then, he's obviously done the X-Men. The, the X-Men. I sounded like, I sound, I sound like Lucille Bluth then. Bless oh, her you heart. did a little bit. <laughs> the X-Men. <laughs> and of course, we know him from Tony in Skins. Career-wise, obviously he's done bits and pieces. He was in Max, uh, Man Max Fury Road and he did that TV show, The Great, which I think, is it on Apple TV or something? No, I don't know, but I've heard really good things about it. Me too. Mm. Um, I mean, he's not done like massive things, I would say, but I think he's had a steady career ahead of him, which um, I think is quite good. I mean, of course, we all know him from About a Boy as well. So You're good rich. in that. You're rich. Also that here was Taharaheem. So he was nominated for the French movie A Prophet. He didn't actually do much until recently where he was in the Mauritian, which has mm. been nominated. And also he was in that TV show, The Serpent, where he was really, really good as, again, a sinister kind of man. But yeah, so he got nominated that year. We have a 10-year gap there, I will say, between success mm. and rising yeah. star. Bit of a slow, slow rise, but, you know, good mm. for you. Uh, Carrie Mulligan was also nominated that year for an education. I remember that year, she was fucking everywhere. 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 Like every, like even like local news was yeah. like covering Carrie Mulligan. She was on a press tour like no other. She was just, she was. yeah. Really was. I mean, she, before doing an education, she was in Pride and Prejudice, but it wasn't like she was the main character. Mm-hmm. After, she did win. Do you know what's really weird, though, is that she she was nominated for Rising Star and she also got nominated for Best Actress and she won Best Actress at the BAFTAs that year. Interesting. I know, it's a bit of a strange one. Yeah, I mean, it's a strange one. She won loads of awards for that. She won awards for Never Let Me Go. I mean, she's done a lot. She did Inside Living Davis, The Great Gatsby, and obviously... She's in Promising Young Women, uh, where she's nominated for Best Lead Actress at the Oscars. So her career trajectory is pretty fantastic, to be fair. I think she's great. Yeah. Do you remember who won in 2010, though? No, I don't. It was Kristen Stewart. Twilight. Twilight. She got nominated for Twilight, which is Mm. interesting. It's interesting. I mean, I don't think we even need to talk much about Kristen Stewart because she's had an incredible career since winning this in 2010. I mean, I literally could list all them all, but we've got like 10 more years to go through. But yeah, so Kristen Stewart, pretty much a great winner. She was actually the youngest recipient. She was only 19 when she won. I forget how young they were when Twilight came out. 
Yes, they were so young and also really exploited too. They were everywhere. They were. I remember being in the queue for Madden Two Swords and we were really Mm -hmm. excited because Zac Efron's uh, waxwork was there from High School School 3 and we were all talking about Twilight and literally there was girls that were there with like Kristen Stewart on their jumpers and T-shirts and it was just a wild time, a wild time. So let's move on to 2011. Weird one, because Andrew Garfield's nominated a year later for The Social Network, even though... Oh, weird. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a strange one. It really is. Obviously, since he... That was pretty much a rising star, because before that, he'd been in Boy A and was nominated for Best Actor, actually. And it's been in a few other films. But obviously, his kind of big career is that he was the amazing Spider-Man. He then did Hacksaw Ridge. He was in Silence, which nobody saw. <laughs> nobody saw it, no. But I heard it's pretty good. I know, I need to actually watch it. Yeah. I, just, I just feel so, because it's like the Martin Scorsese film that like nobody yeah, really watches. Nobody watched. And he's got some other bits and pieces coming up. But I do feel like his career did take a little bit of a dive. Do you feel that? I do, and I don't understand why. Because... Firstly, I never understood why he didn't win as much as he did for the social network anyway. And he was snubbed throughout pretty much the whole thing. But I just, I never feel like, I mean, he's doing fine. Like you said, he was, you know, he was Spider-Man for a while and he's done all these amazing films. But I just haven't quite, like the career trajectory I expected from him, I just don't think we've had it yet. And I'm not sure why that is. No, it's like no big leading man kind of essence that I've got, which is strange because he obviously has a lot of talent. It's it's a weird one. I mean, he's got some upcoming projects coming up with Jessica Chastain and Ling Manuel Miranda. But yeah, who knows? Funnily mm. enough, also that year, um, he's ex Bay Emma Stone was nominated for Easy A. I mean, her before Easy A, she did do a lot of things, but they were quite like indie, so like Zombieland and Superbad. So I mean, we probably knew her because she was in a lot of material that we loved, like The House Bunny yeah. and things like that. But that was probably like her yeah. first big noticeable thing. Um, I mean, her career has been fantastic. She's obviously done Crazy Stupid Love. She was, you know, with Andrew in Amazing Spider-Man. She nominated for The Birdman, nominated for The Favourite. She won for La La Land. We will not mention that today. <laughs> And she's going to be in Cruella. So she's done pretty amazing. But, you know, she's well, a white woman in a Hollywood. Well, sorry. Is she white? Because I know. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yes. Depends on, yes. Depends sometimes on your... she's Asian. Mm-hmm. But just sometimes. Open to interpretation. Also that year was Gemma Arterton. She was nominated. She wasn't actually specified what she was nominated for, but she'd done, you know, various bits and pieces. Like she was in the James Bond film, wasn't she? Quantum Solace. Her career, bit strange. She's done some strange bits and pieces, like Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters with Jeremy Renner. <laughs> she, for me, does a lot in the kind of period drama world. So she kind of like rivals Kira Knightley a little bit because she's probably a bit more interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, she was in Beta in Virginia and... Um, yeah, she's she's do she's doing well, but I think she could. I do think Jim Arterton deserves more, considering how talented she is. I think that yeah, her, her I agree. yeah, definitely. And then last but not least for nominated was Aaron Taylor Johnson. So he was recognised for 2010's Kick Ass, but we all know that he deserved a nomination for Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging for that beautiful yep. accent. Yep, voice broke at that stage. Like it was so high. <laughs> 
no yes probably oh bless him <laughs> bless him but he's done amazing I mean he really broke Hollywood he did you know Godzilla he did Outlaw King he did Age of Ultron we thought he did WandaVision but he did not he was in Tenant really randomly and I remember when I saw Tenant and he come on screen and I went oh my god it's Aaron like he was my friend and yeah but he kind of is because we all know him from Angus Thorns and Perfect Snogging like he's he just had. like that boy that we all know and I then he know. married you know he married he married Sam. that one yeah that mm. one he did actually win a Golden Globe you know for Nocturnal Animals did he? Oh my did. God, I didn't know that. I didn't realize either. He won it Best Supporting Actor. He was good in that film. He was a, he was menacing. He's got a menacing look to him, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I mean, he's done well. I'm glad for him. And I think I'm pretty sure he did a directing gig, but I can't remember. I can't remember. He for me, I feel like Aaron Taylor Johnson echoes the very much like the artist actor. Like he's very passionate for things he works on, which is a shame he got killed off Avengers. So yeah. Do you remember who won in 2011? Tell me who won. This is such a. This is probably the weirdest one because the, he was not a right. Okay, right. It was Tom Hardy, so he got recognised for 2010's Inception. But prior to that, he's been in loads of stuff. Loads of stuff. I don't know how. That's the thing. I don't know how they're deciding someone's a rising star or not. It's strange, isn't it? I mean, he. Yeah, he was in quite. He was in 20 films before he was nominated for being oh, a well. rising. Rising. I mean, Tom Hardy's career, I mean, he works with, obviously, he's Nolan's kind of baby. He's been in The Dark Knight Rises, Dunkirk, Mad Max Fury Road. He was in Legend, The Revenant. He was in Venom. And he was also in Capone. And Alina, who is in our podcast team, was wrote here on our notes, was absolutely terrible. So, um, so there you go. <laughs> well, unpopular opinion, I never understood the Tom Hardy hype. Tell me more. I just, he just... To me, anyway, firstly, I can never really understand what he's saying because he has such a lot, like low, gruff kind of voice. And I'm like, can you just enunciate? Because I have no idea what's going on. That's if he's not um, doing an accent as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like he just doesn't do anything for me. Sorry, Tom. I'm sure he'll be heartbroken over that. But that's Tom. fine. That's fine. Sorry, Tom. He seems like a very much like a method actor, doesn't he? Like I'd be quite intimidated to be on set with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, over to you for 2012. 12, cool. Another, so, another I mean, great year, another great year. Nicki Minaj Superbase came out. Oh my God. No, Superbase. sorry, Starships, not Superbase. I like that you, I didn't know you were a Barbie. Good for you. Well. I love that. I am an old school Barbie. Don't right. move a lot of, let's just, let's move on. I don't want let's to move on. Like angry cool. fans. <laughs> Yeah, no, in 2012, you had some really cool people. So you had Chris Evans. Uh, no, we didn't. We had the other Chris. We had Chris Hemsworth, not Evans. You did that um, on purpose. That was brilliant. No, I didn't. That was genuinely a mistake. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, who'd only appeared in three films before Thor, which is what he was kind of recognized for when he was first nominated. And for any Home and Away fans, he also played Kim Hyde before the three films before Thor. So, you know, come and say hi to me. Yeah, and he also had a brief appearance as Captain Kirk, obviously in 2009 Star Trek. I loved the Star Trek movies. I, I could talk about them the forever. So good. How do you feel about Quentin Tarantino potentially directing the fourth one? All I want to say is been in the air for a while. I don't think it's going to happen because I think that like Chris Pine is booked mm. and busy. But what I will say is that when 
someone bought me the Star Trek DVD and I was like, why the fuck have you bought me this DVD? I have no interest in this film whatsoever. Put it on and absolutely loved it. And I think the mm. Star Trek series of films, there's three of them, isn't there? I think they yeah. are funny. They are witty. They're brilliant. I mean, diehard Star Trek fans probably would disagree with me. I think they're fantastic. But what I will say is, I think after Anton passed away, God bless his soul, I think they lost the spark and I don't think that mm. it will come back. But Tarantino, he can do it, but I think it needs a new cast. But I a was really cast. excited because mm. Chris Hemsworth was going to come back in the fourth film and like face off against Chris Pine. It was going to be like the Battle of the Chrises. A Chrissy. Oh my God. Chris Isis. Chris Isis. That sounds like um, Cystitis, which is not nice. <laughs> I'm glad he got nominated though, because I, I always forget that Thor was Same. like his breakout. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's been, what, in eight MCU movies since Thor? And he's obviously been in, like, Snow White and the Huntsman, which I hated. Ghostbusters, oh, Men in Black. Men in Black International Men was such Black. a disappointment. Wow. It was such a disappointment. Do you remember how hyped we were about having we him and Tessa so Thompson back high. as screen partners? And it just so fell so flat. So but, yeah. I want to see him do more stuff like Bad Times at El Royale because I love oh it when God, he does I love that film. Yeah. 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 I want him to do more of that. I mean, I know that he's found his brand as this sort of like action movie star superhero, but I'd like to see him branch out a bit. But that's enough, that's enough on Chris Hemsworth. Tom Hiddleston, obviously, Chris Hemsworth's on-screen brother for like God knows how many years. He was recognized for Thor, but it could also be Warhorse. I barely remember him in Warhorse, but that might just be because I've watched that film once. I re- had to read the book for Warhorse yeah. in school, and I did not want to watch the film, so I will just leave it as that. That's fine. I mean, it was it was fine. It was it was fine. Yeah, he'd only been in six films, so Thor really was his huge breakthrough. So I guess unlike who was it that we just talked about having Tom Hardy, he yeah. was more a kind of newcomer. And after his nomination, he did a lot of kind of Shakespeare stuff. I feel like he's quite a stage king. He enjoys plays and and, and sort of indie films. And I love someone who's committed to indie films. Like, it's just my crack. Indie Um, darlings. So you had... Yeah. you had. dying out. I feel like... It is dying out. It's dying out. I feel like people rush to become that kind of Hollywood type. But I miss... I miss... I like an indie darling. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the last... No, I mean, the last one was not Zoe Deschanel, but um, you know what I mean? Like that sort of a very specific indie image. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, he's been in like Only Lovers, Only Lovers Left Alive, Crimson Peak, which doesn't get enough hype, even from me. Mm-hmm. And I don't usually watch that kind of genre. I was going to say. Um, yeah, I don't. Kong Skull Island. Uh, <laughs> which I have. I'm sorry, I just remembered that that's a film. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler if you've not seen Kong Skull Island and really care about it. Have you seen it? Can I spoil it? I've, no, I've seen it. I've seen it, sadly. You've seen it. You know Shay Wiggum's death in that film? It's just bonk. <laughs> Someone keeps retweeting it onto our like Twitter feeds over the last couple of days, I guess, because a new one's come out. And it's just brought me so much joy, no offence. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And then obviously Tom's got the Loki series coming out. So he's done pretty well. Yeah, he has. I think the, yeah. Marvel, the Marvel thing has kind of submitted them to in Hollywood, hasn't it, really? Yeah. And Dave no. Swift, briefly. Of course. Of course. Gosh. Um, then you also have Eddie Redmayne. I don't know why he was recognised. I mean, I'm sure he did something, <laughs> but I can't. I'm sure, because I'm sure he did some stuff. I but I'm just trying to think. Pinpoint what it was. Because Late Miz hadn't come out then, had it? So. I don't think so. Oh, it would have been my week with Marilyn. Oh. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I forget that he's in that film. Which was all right. Michelle's yeah. just the star of that film. Eddie Redmayne, I don't want to spend too much talk, time talking about him, but 
He's coasted, I think. He's we don't coasted. have to. He's coasted along. I think he's getting some of the roles that Andrew Garfield should probably be getting, but I don't understand why Ooh, Andrew Garfield's not getting those roles. Hot take. I love it. I think of like, I think of like Trial of the Chicago 7, which obviously I love. Oh Aaron Zippelstein, even though the film itself is super pretentious. The Boston accent. Can you think of like, <laughs> the, oh my God, it's so bad. But I can see Andrew Garfield being Eddie Redmayne's character in that film. Oh my God. I in fact, like, I think we could take it. Right, let's go We can that. take every single Eddie Redmayne role and put Andrew Garfield in that role and it would work just if not as Oh my God. Better. Yes. Apart from Fantastic Beasts, I wouldn't want to sacrifice yeah, Andrew no. for that. That's know, such a good take. I love that. Okay. So who who won that year then? Because these are big names. Big names. Yeah. So Chris O'Dowd was also nominated who didn't win either. I love Chris O'Dowd. Um, but we had Adam Deacon who <gasps> Alina was putting together the notes and Alina's written, I don't recognize this person, which is fine. I feel like That's a fine. lot of people don't. Yeah. But I loved him because I grew up watching Kid Adulthood and Adulthood and obviously Anotherhood in 2011, which he co-wrote and co-directed and played the re- lead role in, which is probably why he was nominated. Mm-hmm. I think, he, yeah, I think he was amazing. And after the nomination, he hasn't done a lot. Like there have been very few films where he's been a lead in and he did experience a lot of kind of mental health issues and he's been diagnosed with bipolar and and had a couple of run-ins with law enforcement so i think he's really dedicating his time now to the lack of mental health services available for, for people with mental health issues so it's a very sort of noble cause mm-hmm. it's um it's just a shame because i feel like he was such what's that word that filmmakers use an auteur auteur i met adam deacon and he's lovely he's really passionate and that. brilliant and it was it was at a award show that i was working at and he's lovely and i do feel like he is just victim to no one wanting to support that kind of filmmaking in the uk and you know like the amount we've just read off like all these opportunities that the other nominees have been handed and was he handed any no and i feel like he's one of those filmmakers that makes his own work because nobody's out there wanting to watch it. And I think that's so important because he's telling stories that are very prevalent to a part of the UK that don't get told authentically. They usually get, you know, what's the word? Whitewash. Whitewash, yeah, whitewash and just glamorised and taken advantage of. And I I have I'm pretty sure I've seen that he is making another sequel to Anotherhood. So I think it's called Smotherhood. So, you know, it's coming, but yeah, he, he has had some troubles and I'm not too sure what's going on particularly. Um, but I think, yeah, his mental mental health has kind of affected his career, which is really sad. And hopefully, you know, there is going to be support that leads that forward. He's, he won't be the only one. Um, mm. But no, it's brilliant, brilliant that he was nominated. I'm glad. And he won. So we love that for him. Love it. Cool. Let's move on to 2013. Let's start off with everyone's fave, Scarlet Witch, yeah? Oh, that was oh a spoiler. Oh, my gosh, she was nominated. Yeah, she was nominated in 2013. Obviously, she did not win. Um, and it doesn't specify what she was nominated for, but it could have been Old Boy, which I only love the Korean version of, and Kill Your Darlings. Yeah, so obviously we know her as the younger Olsen twin. Uh, no, we know her as the younger sister <laughs> of the Olsen twin, not the younger Olsen twin. Can yeah, you imagine? She's doing so well right now, honestly. So I'm well. doing so well. So tell um, me when she got the ro- Yeah, so I was going to say, tell me when she got the role of Black Widow, but I thought I'm not going to make you steer off any further. <laughs> well, I don't know because Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen never played the Black Widow. so I, don't I know, know I'm playing you around. <laughs> oh! Oh God bless. We are broken today. Okay, like, oh that is the We're end of the broken. podcast because we are just big fat broken today. I loved Elizabeth Olsen in Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. 
I love that film, but I don't think that was around 2013. So I don't know, but she is a rising star. I mean, look at her go. So she should have won that year. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think I think I agree. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm so excited to see what she does next. Mm. Also this year, we have Suraj Sharma, who we know well, we might know, we might not know, um, was recognized for Life of Pi in 2012. Um, it was his first role. He actually, when he went to the audition, he actually went there to support his brother who was auditioning for the role, but the director went actually to audition and he uh, got the role. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so he I wasn't even... like that. So good. He's not done... Well, I mean, he has. He's done about nine films um, since 2012. It's like Happy Death Day to You. And he's done a couple of Bollywood films too. Um, one is really, really cute. I won't get into it, but I will. we can talk about Bollywood another time. Um, and he was also in Homeland for a while. So yeah, I think it feels like his career is stalled a little bit. But as a brown man, I'm not entirely surprised it's stalled, which is a shame. I've got to say, what he does next. During the, the we've done four years now, and I think that's like the third person of color I've noticed in this. Yeah, yeah, but we're doing well this year with women. So there are a lot of women in this category. You've got Alicia Vikander. Oh, yeah. Again, it, we're not quite sure what she was nominated for. It could have been a royal affair, which is really really cool if you've not seen a royal affair or Anna Karenina. She was in Anna Karenina. I did not know she was in Anna Karenina. Oh, I just love that name. I just like, hello, my name is Anna Karenina. Karenina. So she, prior to her being nominated, appeared in like eight films, nothing that notable apart from, you know, those two I mentioned. I don't think I heard of Alicia Vikander until X McKenna. So, and that was like mid 2010. So yeah, she was, must've been very rising. Yeah, yeah, no, she was cool. Again, like you said, she was in that one. She's from The Man from Uncle. And I will never forgive Army Hammer for being such a creep that we're <laughs> never going to get a sequel for that movie. I'm, he's such. Who I would mean, you recast him with? Could you recast him? I would recast him with Andrew Garfield. Oh, Andrew Garfield train. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And obviously she won her first Oscar for The Danish Girl, which I was fine. Like it was, it was a fine, <laughs> fine film. That's the way you say Fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> Also played Lara Croft. I know she got a lot of flack for playing Lara Croft because she was not Angelina Jolie, but really that was going to happen to anyone. Was, yeah. um, she's also going to be opposite our boy Dev Patel in The Green Knight. So that's exciting. Can't wait. Another nominee we had, and I'm going to speed through her, no offence, Andrea, is Andrea Riseborough. I don't know what she was nominated for specifically, but it might have been Oblivion. And she'd been in 10 films before 2013. You know, we've seen her in a couple of things since her nomination, like Birdman, Nocturnal Animals, Battle of the Sexes. And the, I think the worst thing for me personally is I don't know what Andrea Riseborough looks like. She's in loads of stuff, but she never seems to get like a lot of traction for it. She's in Possessors. She was also in another film that I saw at Sundance. I can't remember what it's called now. She's a brilliant actress, but she just hasn't got that that space yet to kind of mm. elevate to the next level. It's always like supporting roles or like lead roles in really big indie. So it's great she got nominated that year. But yeah, I can't see that it's gone brilliantly well for her since then. But she's definitely on the on the track, I think. So who won? Yeah. I'm in suspense, because I'm thinking like who else was out that year? It was Juno Temple. Oh, I love Juno Temple. Juno she Temple's is so got space cool. in my heart. She, in the wild child, she's brilliant. But also in Killer Joe, she is just chef's kiss. Yes. Yeah. She, though, like Tom Hardy, had appeared in 25 films before her nomination. Yeah, that is actually a strange one. I don't... She's, she is an indie darling. 
I will say that mm, she's she an indie darling. So yeah, I'm quite proud of her for that. Yeah, not a lot of diversity mm. throughout the first few years. Yeah. So let's move no. on to 2014. This year was one of the best years, I will say. I remember seeing the nominations for this year and thinking, oh, that's brilliant. So mm. we had um we had Jane DeHaan, who I feel like had a really great career. And then it's just gone. <laughs> I don't know where his career's gone, Dane DeHaan. I can't remember what he was nominated for that year, but he obviously was in True Blood, Chronicle. He's been in Kill Your Darlings, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. I don't know why his career's gone. It's a strange one. Me neither. George Mackay, who we love. He is obviously in a lot of British films. Uh, Pride, obviously, was a big film for him. He was in 1917. But I feel like he had a lot of work before he got nominated. But I still feel like George Mackay isn't like big Hollywood yet. But I kind of like that. I yeah. Think, I like that he's an idiot. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to happen, though. I think it's going to happen for George. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Leia Sadu. So she obviously was probably nominated for Blue is the Warmest Colour that year. I will say I did like that film. I know it's very problematic. Got a lot of issues to it, but I like the scene. For me, it was just great to see lesbians on screen. It was very rare at the mm. time. There's more of them now. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a Wes Anderson favourite now, isn't she? He's kind of taken her yeah. under his wing. She's done Grand Budapest Hotel, The Friends Dispatch. She's done really well because like, she's in Bond. So I think she's got a great career ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she is really energetic on camera. I think she's really lovely. And I think that it would be nice to see her in more mainstream Hollywood. I say that she's in Bond, which is one of the biggest yeah. Hollywood hits, really. Mm. Lupita Nyong'o, who should have won this yeah. year. Um, so obviously her breakout role was 12 Years a Slave. She is probably one of the biggest reasons why rising star awards are a thing like she has come out of nowhere essentially and been a fantastic you know energetic presence in the industry in 12 years of slave but obviously since then black panther queen of katwi and us for example Mm. i do feel like there was a gap between 12 years of slave and black panther where we didn't see her yeah but I think she should have won this because she was brilliant. But unfortunately, who did win? It was Will Poulter, who we do love, bless him. But what I will say is that Will Poulter's career. Why? Because he started as Sid from Toy Story? That. And also, <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, before this, he was in The Maze Runner and Chronicles mm-hmm. of Narnia. So he'd already broken out. I'm just very bitter about Lupita not winning. Let's be yeah. honest. But no, I agree. Will was a lovely lad. Best of luck to him. So 2015, Miles Teller was nominated. This is quite sweet, actually, because I do I do love Miles Teller's career, bless him. He, I feel like he come in and did this really big presence with The Spectacular Now, 21 yeah. and over, Divergent, which everyone was in at one point. Uh, yeah, it was just like, it was almost like a high school reunion, wasn't it? It was, it was just the same river in four boyfriends as Shailene Woodley. Very bizarre. And obviously he did Whiplash, which I'm assuming was nominated for this. He was also in Fantastic Four, but let's just move on from that. I feel like his career has slowed down though, but obviously we know that he was meant to be in La La Land. He was, and it was supposed to, wasn't it supposed to be Miles Teller and Emma Watson? Like, but the entire thing was supposed to be different. I think it was meant to be Emma Watson. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I do feel for him. I think he's a brilliant actor. I'm sure we had a conversation recently about if Miles Teller was in Ryan Gosling's roles or something. 
Something like that. I can't quite remember. So yeah, Miles Teller. Shailene Woodley was also nominated that year. She obviously had a massive role in Divergent, which I've never seen. I haven't seen a single Divergent film. Me neither. No, me neither. Just, just haven't seen it. Also, The Fault in Our Stars, which I'm guessing she was nominated for this. And then she's in mm-hmm. Big Little Lies as well. I feel like she's moved out of teen drama and now she's cemented herself as an adult actress, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think she's still a bit indie, though. In I a think- way that I like. Yeah, in a yeah. way that I like. I think she's brilliant, Big Little Lies. I don't think we give mm. her enough credit because I think she is kind of overshadowed by the big actors of Laura Dern, Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman, really. Yeah. Also that year is Margot Robbie. So another Neighbours alum. She, mm. guessing she got nominated this year because of Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, Margot Robbie's career is just incredible. And what I really respect and admire about Margot Robbie is that she helps other women too mm. and she obviously has her production company and she's doing brilliant things I think I Tonya was a big shock for everyone of how good it yeah was. and it was well deserved and I think she's done really really well and I just hope she carries on doing leading lady stuff and not the mm. girlfriend roles that she's forced into by other directors just gonna leave mm. it at that so we also had Gugu and Beth of Raw who was nominated for Belle which I didn't see <laughs> And actually, looking through her, I haven't seen it. I think that she's in, actually. I feel really awful. But she was in the morning show. Um, But she's done really well. She's still a rising star, I would say, who deserves a bit more. Um, But the winner that year was Jack O'Connell, who we know from Skins. (laughs) Film-wise, he was in that Andrea Jolie film, Unbroken, but I did not like that film. No, me neither. Did not get it. It was slow. Very slow, very slow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that. And he won. I don't think he deserved to win that year, but there you go. Mm-hmm. So take us on to 2016, because we did like the winner from this year. We did. So 2016, I feel like it was pretty good. I mean, again, still not very much diversity, but we had Taron Edgerton, who was obviously nominated for Kingsman. He'd done sort of very minor TV roles before that, so he really was a breakout. He also was in Eddie the Eagle, which I loved. And I also didn't know, but Rupert Grint was supposed to be in Eddie the Eagle. Really? Could, yeah, and I could see that working the same. I have a bit of a thing for him. I think he's very interesting. Sophie's girlfriend, Charlotte, is in love with Rupert Grint. So, so yeah, very you interesting. might have a thing in common there. Thing in common. Beautiful. He's also, yeah. Taron's also in Legend with Tom Hardy. And since then, he's obviously been Rocket Man. So, yeah, I think he, he's, he is still a rising star. He's got Kingsman under his belt and a couple of really good films. But I think we've got a lot to see from him still. I will say that I never thought when I went to see Kingsman that he would become Taron Edgerton after today. Like, he's done so well. He is the only, I think, the only white man who portrays a white man in London with an accent that I can get behind. Because sometimes it can sound so inauthentic and kind of leading, leaning into stereotypes, particularly taking those stereotypes from black people within inner city London, but he did it so well, I find. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love Taron Edgerton. Next up, we have the woman who inspires every single one of my haircuts, Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson. What was she nominated for? I don't know. So, I mean, she obviously got her first, I guess it's major role, but she was in it for like five seconds with the social network. Um, And then she went on to 21 Jump Street in 2012, Need for Speed in 2014, Fifty Shades of Grey, obviously, in 2015. And then she's done What's Asperia, Battle Royale, and all of those things. But in 2016, I guess, and Alina's written it too, and I agree with her, it can be argued that her acting career and success in this particular nomination is a product of that nepotism, which I know, but I also love her. So Dakota Johnson was up. 
I do think she's great though I will say because like there's nepotism and then there's actual talent and like you look at people like her and John David Washington you're like oh yeah but you are actually talented so you know Billy Lord you know there are there are good neps out there (laughs) exactly for sure no I love to go Johnson and we had Brie Larson nominated this year for Must have been room. room. Must have been room. Yeah. Oh yeah, because room came out in 2015. Yeah. Now this this is who I was talking about. Sorry to cut you off there. This is who I was talking about when I said that indie darlings turn into Hollywood. I feel like Brie Larson was ours. Like she was, you know, she did Scott Pilgrim. She did 21 Jump Street. She did Short Term 12. Short 21 Jump Street. Like that's an indie film. Oh, I know Um, what you mean. Yeah. I feel like that. And like what what's she done now? She's done loads of Hollywood blockbusters, and I don't think they've all gone very well. No, I don't either. But. Well, she was nominated. That's all I was going to say. But she was nominated. <laughs> um, obviously, she was. She too was in Kong Skull Island. So there's another Kong Skull Island um, random alum. Yeah. Um, and then last nominated was Belle Powley, who I've only seen in Diary of a Teenage Girl. But obviously, she's done so much more than that. She was in that Matthew McConaughey film. Is it called Gold? No, it's yeah. not. It's called, White, it's called White Boy Rick. She's in White Boy Rick. I, oh, I saw her in something else. Oh, she's in that film with... Uh, Pete Davidson. What? Pete Davidson. She's in a film with Pete Davidson. Laverne's just arrived. Laverne, what's the film called with Pete Davidson? He's just done it recently. King of Long Island or something like that? That's it. Something like King of Staten uh, Island. King of Staten Island. There we go. That's good to know. But yeah, no, Belle Powley was nominated this year, but guess who won, guys? It's John Boyega. Did he win for Star Wars? Yeah, it would have been Star Wars because that came out oh. in... 15 but obviously his breakthrough role was attack the block which i feel like not enough people have seen yet i feel like people are beginning to watch attack the block now that they're kind of getting into the john boyega hype but if you've not go see it and then obviously he was leroy logan in small acts he's got he was in the really terrible pacific rim sequel that i think he also (laughs) i think he also produced that movie but yeah i mean aside from a couple of several like TV movies he was pretty unknown to an international audience before Star Wars so definitely a rising star when he won and so deservedly won I remember being like in my front room watching him win being like oh my god he beat all these white people I'm so proud of him the thing I love about John as well is that he's so open about who he is and like the fact that he's got to that point in his career where he's like a Hollywood a big name in Hollywood but he's still like fighting for everything and I think the truth that we've heard about his, you know, Disney sideline, his character is just huge. And I, I hope his career still continues to grow and there's more accountability taken for what they did because it's shitty. Mm. It's so shitty. Um, okay, tell us about 20, 2017. 2017. I feel like 2017, oh no, I was going to say the year that we started seeing a little more diversity, but actually it's not It's not that huge. So we had, <laughs> um, yeah. We had Laia Costa, who is a Spanish actor. I watched her recently in Devils on Sky Atlantic, and she was also in Soulmates, which Laverne got us all hooked on. Um, oh, who did she play in Soulmates? I watched them so fast, I can't oh, even tell you. <laughs> Just the line. <laughs> I can't even tell you. But she is known for her role in Victoria, which is 2015, and Newness, which I think Nicholas Oh, my God, sorry. Yeah, Victoria. Oh, my God, that's a brilliant film. That's where it's all one take. It's yeah. brilliant. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I know who you're talking about now. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, she was nominated. She didn't win. And I think it's still kind of fairly unknown. So we're still, I think, yet to have her in that breakout. I'm looking forward to it. We've got Lucas Hedges, which I, who I think is still kind of an indie darling. We've talked about that a lot today, but I think he is still kind of an indie darling. Yeah, so you'll recognise him from Manchester by the Sea, Boy Erased, Ladybird, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So he's had a really interesting, and I think a really fun career so far. He was also in Honey Boy, um, admin and mid 90s I'm not he sure was, what he was mm-hmm. he was terrifying in mid 90s he was really yeah. scary 
I will like, say that. And also creepy. Yeah, and I didn't expect that from Lucas Hedges because on the on the basis he just looks like a genuine white boy actor, but he's yeah. actually got a lot lot of depth to him. So yeah, I I will say I do prefer him over Timothy Chalamet. I'm just putting that out there. Um, we also had Anya Taylor Joy that year for her breakout in The Witch, which was 2015. She's had she, the she's had reasons. the best time, um, and she's so hot. Um, <laughs> So hot. She's also been in Split since um, Thoroughbreds, Marabone in 2017. And obviously in 2020, we saw her in Emma and The Queen's Gambit, both really, really good. She's also set to play. It is Furiosa, right? That's how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is weird because I still feel like Charlize Theron could play Furiosa at any could. age, like five yeah. to 27, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you could. Um, so we had Anya Taylor Joy that year. We also had Ruth Neger, who was in Misfits, which I'd completely forgotten about. And she was nominated for her role in Loving, which was 2016. Um, and since then, she's gone on to appear in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Ad Astra. And I still think hasn't really hit the sort of movies that I think that she should be getting. But I'd like to see that happen. Guess who won this year? You like him, Karis. 2017, 2017. Mm. I don't, I can't think of anyone. Was it? Oh, it's Tom Holland, isn't it? It's Tom Holland. Did he win for Spider-Man? It's unclear. Thing is, this is where, because this award, like we said at the start, it's voted by people. So if you're going to put someone in that's like a teen sensation, they're going to win. Like I think, you know... Okay, that's strange. It that's probably strange. would have been Spider-Man, but Spider-Man Homecoming came out in 2017. So if he won in 2017, you would have expected it to be like the year before. I don't know. Yeah. I um, mean, but yeah. I know that I like that Tom's starting to try like more adult material. Like he's in that film Cherry that I haven't seen yet, which looks wild. Um, he was obviously in that film with Robert Patterson with strange accents, which I haven't seen either. <laughs> um, but I like that he's trying new stuff. I do think he does have a trajectory to go for father, father. God, what was that accent? Just <laughs> that was so wild country of you. Father in Hollywood, further in Hollywood. But I mean, how we don't know how many Spider-Man films is going to be. I mean, with Marvel contracts now, you could be doing that till twenty fifty-two. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Good year though that year. I feel like they're all quite they're all realistically upcoming ones rather than people that are well established and have mm. known for ages. So let's round up. So 2018 nominees this year we had Josh O'Connor, which was from God's Country, who we obviously know went on to become Prince Charles. Um, he's done brilliantly well. He's also in that Romeo and Juliet that everyone's going mad for now. Uh, Tessa Thompson was also nominated. She's doing fantastic. I mean, I love that she does a lot of independent kind of work. I think she's brilliant in Creed as well. Creed is just a unspoken about film. Actually, have we heard, has Michael B. Jordan been mentioned so far? He hasn't, has he? No, he's not. I'm, I'm filing a complaint. Um, Do you know what? He's quite divisive, though. People are convinced he can't act. I don't know if Laverne has. Laverne! Right, Laverne, you've got your hand up. Tell us more. No, I agree. I don't think Yeah, I just don't think he I, I re, I'm rooting for him I enjoy his work <laughs> I just feel like you pick him up And plop him in another film And it's the same Yeah, Interesting, I like this Okay, I'm going to be thinking about this moving forward Timothy Chalamet, Lucas Hedges' uh, Evil arch rival was nominated that year too Florence Poe 
I love Florence Poe's career. I think she's doing really, really well and she's doing interesting stuff. Not too sure how it's going to look for her Marvel-wise because I think people are speaking about how she's going to be more integrated into the next phase. So we'll see how that works. But Daniel Kaluuya won that year, which is amazing. Another Skins boy. Obviously, I didn't realise that he was in Kick-Ass 2, by the way. I don't, I, actually, to be fair, I haven't seen Kick-Ass 2, so that's probably why. But yeah, I'm guessing he was nominated for Get Out that year. But I mean, his career since has been incredible. And yeah, I still feel like people don't know who he is in yeah. some spaces. Like when he's at award shows and things, people will seem to ask him strange questions because they don't really know who he is. I just love his personality, though. I love that in every single award show, every interview he does, he's just he's just an all-round great guy. Um, and I can't wait to see where his career goes, to be honest. I just really, really hope that it just goes off. But he started off as a writer on Skins. He wasn't mm. even meant to be in it. That's insane. It's giving me Donald Glover vibes. Yeah. From like a UK angle. I'm loving that. Yeah, definitely a rising star, I'd say, for that. 2019, we had Jessie Buckley nominated. I think she's doing fantastic stuff. Cynthia Arriva was nominated. She was in Bad Times at El Royale. So that was just mm. full of rising stars. Isn't it like was, yeah. Three, three rising stars in that film. Barry Keon. What happened to him? Where's he gone? Is he on holiday? Uh, Lakeith Stainfield as well. Just conflicting feelings about him lately, ever since that clubhouse thing, just going to say. Also, fun fact, we we had a conversation in our podcast group where Laverne spoke about how he was caught moaning, <laughs> laughing. And yep. Lauren, who is just innocent, bless him, was like, oh, what's he moaning about? He thought like he was having a moan about his day. And so she was like, you know, yeah, he just goes up there and moans. And I was like, no, I think he moans with his mouth. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and Letitia Wright won that year. Um, I'm guessing this must have been around the Black, Ban- Black Panther. Sorry, I'm just still laughing. <laughs> Black Panther. <laughs> she's doing brilliant things. Obviously, she's been very honest with her struggles and depression, but there has been a little bit of backlash because she shared some anti-vaxxer beliefs on Twitter. But career I mean, she's 25 when she won that award. Mm. I didn't realise. I forget how young she actually is. Um, but she was obviously in Small Acts too, and she's part of the Avengers universe as well. A lot of Avengers being win winning. Yeah. A lot of Avengers. Yeah, a lot of Avengers, but not enough Moonlight Boys. Oh my god, I completely just realized we completely glossed over it. Wow. I'm oh, Moonlight Boys. Complaint. Yeah. 2020. So we had Aquafina, who I'm assuming would be for the oh Farewell. Farewell. I was gonna say the mm-hmm. goodbye. That's the <laughs> film. Um, obviously before that she was in Oceans 8 I think if one just chooses to forget that film Caitlin Dever was nominated who I think is fantastic I think she's just a brilliant actress but she did a lot of work before Booksmart so I don't really think that's Rising Star Jack Loudon as well again I feel like he's done a lot of stuff before he was nominated mm. as well so he was in Midsommar and I'm pretty sure he was in films with Saoirse Ronan as well mm. Also nominated was Kelvin Harrison Jr., who I'm guessing it was from the trial of the Chicago 7. Chicago, sorry. The Boston accent was creeping into my vocabulary there. I'm traumatic. The winner that year was Michael Ward. So I love him. I love him. 20 years old. So well, good. 20 years old. So he's the youngest winner, winner since Kristen Stewart. He obviously was in Blue Story. He's in Top Boy. Since then, he's been on Small Axe. Really 
brilliant example of a rising star in the UK. I do like when they award it to British actors. I think it kind of gives more gravitas because I do feel like you have got less opportunities as a British actor than you do as an American actor, just saying. But yeah, there there are winners. Did you notice the past three winners were all black? Did the BAFTAs have a little panic, do you reckon, when they looked back and realised they hadn't done it for about 10, 15, 25 years? So I think it's interesting because I feel like also these are voted by the public. So I wonder whether there's been like a shift in that public consciousness of actually we need to either people have started diversifying and watching films that are different to what they would usually watch or they're I don't know. But it's been interesting. I'm not complaining, obviously, but. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I think that the fact that it's audience voted and, you know, we're getting more people into talk, having these conversations and talking about, I mean, we've, we've just looked back there and the people that have won this award, half of them have gone on to do brilliant things in the industry and half of them haven't really worked again. So it does kind of make you question the kind of presence of it. I mean, the 2021 nominees, you've got Bucky Begray, who... I haven't seen it's the rocks that she's nominated for. Isn't so it? good, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but she's doing amazing. And she's also in a film that we saw for Women X, which is very exciting. Oh, nice. You got Kingsley Benadir, who is in Soulmates as well. <laughs> Laverne giving the heart there. He's he's brilliant as well. He's fantastic. You got Morford Clark, who is Welsh. She's a Swedish-born Welsh actress. She is in St. Maud. Haven't seen St. Maud yet either, because Sky wants to sell it to me for £10. No, thank you. Capitalism. Um, so I haven't seen that yet. Soapy Dizaru. He has been nominated. I can't see what he would have been nominated for. He was in Nosedive for Black Mirror. And just looking at the filmography, he was in His House. Oh, hmm. of course. Yes. Uh, oh god yeah this yes this was at sundance i do remember this now okay interesting i want to know more about him i need to learn and last but not least is conrad khan nominated this year he's from london he's going to be in peaky blinders and Mm -hmm. i'm guessing that he's been nominated for i'm not too sure actually country lines i'm just looking back at the film oh yeah it is country lines Obviously, because this year we, we've we had, a, obviously, 2020 in the industry and the world was a bit odd. Um, so it must be a little bit kind of blurred over this year. Yeah, so coming of age film about a 14-year-old boy who was groomed into a Country Lions criminal network. Okay, I interest peaked there. Okay, so that's the kind of 10, past 10 years of BAFTA Rising Stars. Neha, did you kind of spot anything that you think is like Rising Star material? For me, it's kind of... They finally take notice after three years of them working really hard. Uh, it seems to be that, doesn't it? I would like Rising Star to very much be like someone who is virtually unknown instead of like the Tom Hardy who did 20 films before getting nominated. I think we talked about this, but we compared Rising Star to the lead actor categories and how the Rising Star awards tend to be a little more diverse. There's a conversation to be had about what happens when talent starts to take lead roles and lead act, like what happens to the diversity up there. There's definitely a lot to unpack. I like what you said as well about how the past few years, perhaps people are now having those conversations and recognising that these people deserve to be nominated and then deserve to win as well. And I think you do have, like like I mentioned, like I think when it's a very popular teen actor that's nominated, you do risk the, the challenge of like a bunch of fandom people getting together and nominating and like voting for them. I don't know. I think it's an interesting award to have. I think it could definitely, they could do a lot more for them. Mm. But it does seem that, Many of the winners are already cemented in Hollywood. Like I don't think Tom Hardy's career changed because he won the Rising Star Award. I don't think Tom Holland's career changed because he won the Rising Star Award. But I think it can really do, like we mentioned Adam Deacon, for example, for actors like that and Kelvin, they can do a lot more 
then you know what's what's needed so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens award shows i do that i'm just tired just tired just mm. just too much just give me the highlights i love how the the oscars used to just be a radio show and it'd just be one person reading out names I'm like that sounds great turn it on put the pasta on turn it off and eat your pasta like in 12 minutes i think it was something like that i don't know but yeah that's the end of our topic this week but we have a new segment now i'm not having it all very exciting new segment it's called news and reviews and it is hosted by our lovely laverne and it's her birthday today Yay! <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Um, I know, and thank you for being on the show as well on your birthday. That's that's commitment there. I know you could be out doing. Oh no, wait, you couldn't be doing anything else. <laughs> Absolutely available. <laughs> oh, how are you doing though? How are you, how are things? What have you done so far on your birthday? Give us lockdown birthday vibes. Um, so I woke up to my puppy licking my face as you do. And then, yeah, I mean, my partner did a really good job, you know, balloons and cake and stuff. It was very nice. And uh, yeah, we celebrated. I had cake for breakfast, which was amazing. And I got a, a card from the dog. Uh, allegedly so you know that that was always great I'll send you guys a picture later (laughs) 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 but yeah he's um we're we're just waiting for him to get back he's getting groomed for the first time oh yeah that goes I'm gonna hate it I know I will (laughs) go for a walk and then I've got a escape room virtual oh my god that sounds so exciting yeah so we'll see how that goes see if we can figure it out yeah, I love that oh okay I, I've never been to an escape room virtual or otherwise because I always get worried that I'm like going to get stuck and then they just forget about me I think it goes back to being locked in an arcade by accident on holiday oh when I was like six yeah I was just obsessed with the pinball machine and they just locked me in and didn't see me there and I just thought thinking back possibly paedophile material that was going on there maybe oh, someone did see me yeah that that's very weird sorry it just completely dampened the mood there with my <laughs> no Right, news and reviews. Laverne, tell us what's going on in the world. There's lots going on in the world in the world of film and TV at the moment. I guess the biggest thing, which I'm sure you know I'm going to talk about, is the Bridgerton news. Yes. So turns out Simon will not be coming back. The Duke of Hastings will be no more. So they really I liked I really liked the way they released. It. So they released it as a sort of letter on the Bridgerton accounts saying that they are thankful for everything the Duke of Hastings has done, but his story will be no more. It's looking like they're not going to touch on it too much because he actually wasn't mentioned that much in the next books anyway. Mm-hmm. And so they've mentioned that Daphne will stay a devoted wife. So I just don't think that's a storyline they're going to touch at all, um, oh. which is very interesting. But we shouldn't feel too bad for the Duke of Hastings as the actor himself is completely booked and busy I was struggling to see how he was even going to fit this all in anyway so he's due to be in the new action thriller called The Grey Man uh, with co-starring with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans which is a major billing major billing so we'll see how that goes so that's slated to be released next year I think no this year this year this year this year allegedly and also he's also been cast in the new Dungeons and Dragons live action film they're doing the Dungeons and Dragons live action film yep and we've got the likes of Michelle Rodriguez we've got Justice Smith who I've been waiting to see more of a Detective Pikachu we've got Hugh Grant as well and there's also negotiations for Chris Pine um to star so he's that's gonna be he's like a Chris Magnet 
Yeah, he is, isn't he? So yeah. I understand that the fans are upset, but he's just going to be all over our screens. He cemented himself, I think, so well. I know he'd been acting before, but like this has gone beyond anything anyone can imagine. So he's going to be absolutely fine. That's wild. I mean, it's interesting that they're kind of doing like a one season arc, but I think... If it, I mean, the show is called Bridgerton. It's not called The Duke. Mm. Um, and I mean, in our episode, we said that obviously the books kind of carry on to like all the way to the youngest little sibling that's like seven at the moment or something. So it's going to be it's going to be sad to obviously not see him anymore. But you can just go to your cinema and hopefully see him in one of the many films he's doing there. Absolutely. But do you think this means we'll see less Daphne? Yeah, I think it will. I think it's going to be her helping her brother, but I think we will see less of her because, let's be honest, without <laughs> the Duke, there wasn't much going on with her. So yeah. I think, yeah. yeah, we will. So I feel like it's kind of a downer on her behalf because he was going to be in it. That really was the plan. I mean, he had said candidly, you know, we have to finish this story, but I don't know, negotiations with a new contract now that he's so popular, also with his timeline, also with just everything that's going on. I just think they couldn't find a way. And they had the material to not include him and to not have to write new stuff. So I guess it was the best option, which is crazy. Good for him, though. I'm glad. I really loved his Saturday Night Live um, episode. It was so funny. And he can sing. So like I said to you, Karis, at the time, uh, he... He's going to Lynn. Lynn, what's his name? Lynn um, from Hamilton. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> be on his, on his line. Like you can sing and you can act. I need you. So he's gonna yeah. be fine. Honestly. Oh, bless him. Yeah. Oh gosh, how exciting! Up. Yeah, I know. I'm, I am excited to see him in other things. To be fair, Same. I didn't really know much about his career before. So no, I didn't. What was, what was he in before? Does anyone even know? Like I don't. I know he was in uh, Shonda, Shonda Rhimes's other drama show she had another drama show that he was in okay and he he had a small part in sylvie's love oh yeah yeah he was a small part in that and did you say roots he was in roots as well Mm -hmm. oh he was in roots okay okay good for him good for him so um next we've got some new news about the shazam sequel so helen mirren is set to play the villain her character is called villain um Uh so that would be very interesting um, so that's due to be released in November 2022. Is Henry Cavill going to be in this one? Because me and Ari were talking about this because it's been rumoured that he might be in it, he might not be in it, yeah. like he's going to be part of the DCEU, whatever they're calling that. I, I'm not I'm not so sure because obviously the Black Adam film is coming out and Black Adam is kind of like the anti-hero plus a villain plus a hero. So I think it will depend on how the arc for the Rocks film Black Adam turns out but I I think the big thing about the Shazam sequel is going to be the age dynamics I mean Helen Mirren she's 75 but she'll be fine she's phenomenal she'll be fine as long as she's you know drinking her milk and drinking her green juice she'll be fine (laughs) but I also wonder about the child actors because it's been pushed back for so long they were teenagers then puberty Ah. you know the whole idea is that Shazam turns into this teenager it's meant to be childlike to the adult like dynamics so I'm really interested to see how they're going to do that if it's not due to be released until next year it's not started filming yet puberty is a thing I don't really know how that's going to work out um because they're going to grow and the whole idea is that all of his whole foster family they all found out that they had older versions of themselves and they Adam Adam Brody that was a big surprise I was very happy and I saw Megan Good in there as well but they were kids so it's just going to be really interesting to see how they are going to maintain that because it's not due to come out until next year you know filming but 
you know, voices drop <laughs> and jawlines begin to structure. <laughs> yeah. I'm, still, I'm still waiting for mine. Still waiting for mine. Jawline, not the voice. I saw this with Stranger Things as well, because the Stranger Things actors are growing like rapidly. Um, and I do wonder how they're going to navigate that, whether there will be a time jump or something like that. But, you know, if we're going to see more Adam Brody and Shazam too, I am down for it. I'm glad to see him booked and busy. I was so happy for it. I remember being in the cinema, you know that Leonardo DiCaprio meme when you're like point when he's pointing. Yes. 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 I'm so happy for him. Because it was a, it was a surprise, wasn't it? They didn't tell anyone that they were. I don't think they were credited or anything like that. No, um, no. I need to see the new film he's in called the Something Kid. It's on Sky Movies now. Oh, okay. I, I can't remember that, that one. So next we have some MCU news. You can't have DCEU news without MCU news. Obviously. No, we, we'd we'd get sued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Russell Crowe has joined the Thor: Love and Thunder cast. Of course he has. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. I, you know, when I heard it, I went, "Well, yeah, I, of course he's got himself in there." I'm sure he's been waiting the last ten years. It's apparently an undisclosed role, so there's lots of rumors of what it could be, and it seemed very interesting because obviously he played Superman's father in the DCEU, so that's a new uh, crossover we've seen. So the original report indicated that Crow's appearance was meant to be a surprise, but recent photos of Crow hanging around with all the cast in Australia have been leaked. Mm. So we know that it's probably not going to be as much of a surprise now. Um, yeah. Other cameos include Matt Damon, uh, who also... Oh. Yeah, so you remember he played the Asgardian actor. Yeah, so he's come back to do that again. So he was seen on, on set for a few days as well. So I think it's going to be... Well, you know the type of humour Thor is now. Um, so I think... And it's, it's Taika be... Waititi as well, isn't it? Yeah. So like the, the door is open for him. Yeah. So there's going to be lots of funny little cameos and things like that. Okay. Oh, I mean, I'm really excited for this Thor film because I, a like they're bringing Taika back, and I think he's got like an enigmatic like just the way he does his filmmaking. I think is really exciting, and I think they can't take themselves too seriously anymore. Like we've had so much seriousness in the MCU that this needs to be lighthearted and that kind of thing. Is Loki going to be in this Thor film? Do we know? I'm not so sure. I know that they have all been hanging around in Australia because I have seen so many pictures of them in Australia <laughs> and, and celebrating. Yeah, which I'm very surprised Marvel have allowed, but I guess, I don't know, you try to tell Hemsworth what to do. Yeah. And I know that his wife's been uploading lots of photos and stuff. So, um, yeah. Interesting. I am, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think we, we said this recently, didn't we, about like how Endgame kind of was such a big downer for us that you feel a bit exhausted to watch anymore. But I think WandaVision's just woken bits and pieces up, really. So this yeah. will be interesting. Just going to be strange seeing, um, I was going to call him Chris Prick then. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> is the Guardians going to be in Thor 4? Or is Thor going to be in the next Guardians? Yeah, I'm not so sure, actually. Okay. I'm not okay. sure the, the the way in which that's going to be aligned. It would make sense for them to be in this because that's how we were, we last left it. Um, well, he was, mm. I think, I'm sure I saw a picture of Chris Pratt on the set of Thor 4. Yes, I did, actually, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I can see it now, yes. Okay, because you had, you had Chris Hemsworth's arms that I'm just staring at right now. You had Natalie Portman's arms, too. Yes. Gosh, she is I jacked. Know, oh, yeah. I, was, <laughs> I said something to my friend, like, I really need to see her exercise routine, which I would definitely not do anyway, so I don't know why I just said that. It's exciting. I'm glad Natalie Portman's back into the fold, I think. And Christian Bale's in this, too. Yep. 
he's um called the god butcher which sounds terrifying but if we're going to see american psycho vibes i'm here for it yeah absolutely it's been a while so that would be good yeah and um so crossing over to the reviews so something i've recently been watching is invincible i'm not sure if you guys have heard Ah, tell us tell us so it's an adult animated superhero film and it's on amazon moment they released the first three episodes and now it's a weekly thing on fridays and it's really good so it it stars uh steven yon from (gasps) yes (laughs) just crawled to the screen like the ring girl <laughs> and one thing about that is he's playing a 17 year old in this and he's actually 37 and you could not tell the difference that's what's amazing about animation <laughs> and we've got Sandra O oh as well and JK Simmons wow. and it's got a complete star-studded cast especially if they're even minor roles we've also got Mark Hamill in there we've got Zazie Beetz Zachary Quinto Lenny James it's, oh my god it's phenomenal wow. okay um, um, so yes, yeah, so we're three or four episodes in right now. I'm up to date, and basically, it's about a boy who his father is the biggest superhero in the universe. He is basically like your super your Superman, and he has inherited from his uh wherever he is in his planet. And he at 17 he got powers as well. So it's about you know kind of a coming of age. But there is also a twist that his dad may not be as good as he thinks he is and as the world thinks he is. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy it because it's a good way to show that superheroes gone bad would be like so your favorite superheroes because you know the MCU um is always you know happy hunky dory and the whenever the DCEU gets dark you know it always gets axed so it would be really interesting <laughs> to see it's really interesting to see you know you have you definitely have rip-offs of superheroes and action heroes we know so you've got rip-offs of rip-offs of Batman um Hellboy in there but it is really really good I strongly recommend it's dark okay. it's gritty but it, it's really enjoyable I'm just looking there at the guest stars. You've got Jonathan Groff, Mahashala Ali, Ezra Miller, John Hamm. Wow. Okay. I am going to be watching this. Thank you. Even there was a guy in there for like five seconds. I was like, I know this voice. It was Seth Rogen. Like it's <laughs> major, major. I think I was saying this to my partner the other day. If I was an actor and I was like, I want to explore other things, but I'm not really in the mood to like change my diet, change my hair, change my accent. I would so do voice acting. Mm. I can literally send my files in from the comfort <laughs> of my own. In the bar. I record it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, I think it's really good to see actors that we, you know, know on the screen to be crossing over. But also there are lots of voice actors that are famous for what they do. So I don't want them to like be pushed aside. Yeah. It's been a back to the deciding during quarantine. They want to get into it. I mean, I'm a yeah. bit like 50 50. <laughs> No, it's been a conversation recently about how like like those kind of big animation films like they've they've lost their quality because they just hire like twenty five voice actors uh, that are celebrities rather than just actual talented voice actors. So yeah, oh, this sounds exciting. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Next up, we've got the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm probably oh. not going to talk too much about it because I'm not sure if we're going to do an episode about it. So it's going to be a spoiler three review, spoiler free review. <laughs> oh, three so, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're on episode three now, so we're at the halfway mark. Uh, oh, so there's as just I said, six. There's just yeah. six. Oh, okay. I, I'm enjoying it because we're delving into, you know, the time another timeline after the blip. They're starting to rebuild the universe. They're starting to show us, you know, 
what it was like for some people, whether it was five seconds or five years, what's happened to everyone's life. So I've really been enjoying that. This episode saw the introduction to some old characters that we loved, some that we didn't love so well. (laughs) Sharon. You're talking about Sharon fucking Carter. I like that you said said some that we didn't love so well. (laughs) It was so eloquent. Um, But yeah, I I also am really enjoying the concept of the people who enjoyed the blip. So it really makes you think, oh yeah, you know, they must have opened the borders. You know, they maybe weren't ignored by society so much. Ah. It was more of a freedom of movement. So I really enjoyed that aspect of the show. And the one thing I would say is the development of our main characters gets ignored quite often. Every time I feel like we delve into it, we 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 get pushed aside. I mean, Bucky's dealing with so much, and you know, we dealt we we get a little bit of a insight, and then we don't. And we've got Sam, you know, who's broke. <laughs> He's waiting for a stimulus check, and like they're like, oh yeah, the Avengers don't get paid, and then suddenly like they're like, how yeah, do the Avengers not get paid? Like I'd be ringing up Pepper Potts, like I'm taking you to a small claims court, bitch. Absolutely, and it really just showed you that not all that glitters is gold with the Avengers because they were, they're struggling out here and it's true how were they going to get uh, paid but one thing I would say is the end of episode three actually had me whooping and cheering um, okay yes okay. so I, it, it was a bit of a dry episode they're still trying to develop the story and I think I'm not so sure how I feel about the whole super soldier serum I just feel like it's something we've just been exposed to so much and <laughs> I think when we were going to get a really big exposure to it in Civil War, they'd all been shot in the head. Like, sometimes I'm a bit like, (laughs) do you care about it or not? But yeah, the end of episode three, that the last 10 seconds was worth putting the episode up as one of my favourites. So um, I've only watched the first episode because I thought they'd just released all of these at once or at least maybe two or three. So I cleared like three hours of my day and was like, right, I'm going to watch like the three episodes. And then it got to the end of episode one. I was like, is something wrong with my... TV oh, just one episode that I got nothing yeah. from fantastic apart from that Bucky's therapist is awful yeah um, and he needs to find a complaint okay do you feel like it fits in well with the direction that the MCU are going in from what you've seen so far I think they've had to be very smart because not everyone has the luxury of having a Disney plus subscription so I think with everything yeah. we're going to see it's, it's not going to change whether you just saw the films so if the last thing you saw was the last marvel film and the next thing you see is going to be the next marvel film they're going to make it feel like you haven't left been left out and i think that's why they're delving into these sort of storylines where you go oh we could see that but it's not going to change our lives if we see it whether we see it or not and i think they've been really smart in doing that because not everyone has the luxury of having a subscription like that there's clearly infinite amount of materials I mean the comic books are even within one comic book there's a different timeline to that comic book anyway so I think it's been very interesting the sort of storylines they've chosen yeah but again it's not life changing it's not life altering like the film would be so it'd be interesting to see what they do going forward I mean I did kind of watch all of the films apart from Doctor Strange and just got the sense that he was a dickhead without wasting two hours of my time watching have you not seen Doctor Strange that's the only one I haven't seen wow only one I just never got, never just had any desire to see it. Obviously, I watched the next one because Elizabeth Olsen's in it. Like, hello, marketing. Tick, got yeah, me there. it's just his origin story because, again, it's one of those things. If you didn't see that film, but then when you were introduced him into into Infinity War, they did well enough for you to get grasp of. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. What his character is like, you know, your life's not going to change by seeing it. Um, and you, will, it's not like you're not going to understand. 
the, no. the next things but Marvel do that very well they pick up the pieces very well even they if do. you didn't know who Bucky was and you start watching Falcon and Winter Soldier you get an idea that he's been through some stuff you know he's dealing with redemption and stuff like that they're fantastic in sort of picking up the pieces and just dropping you in without you feeling lost Amazing, lovely news and review section. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look at this Invincible because it sounds um, it sounds really exciting, and I just love hearing voices. And that's why I miss things like Two Converti and um, mm. Bojack Horseman because I just loved hearing like, oh, who is that? Mm. Oh, it's you know that kind of thing. Okay, well that's enough from us for this week. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Hope you enjoyed uh, Laverne's new section on the show. Yeah, so by the time this comes out, the BAFTAs will be in a few days' time, so it'll be interesting to hear. Who who won? Who won and where they're going? I don't know if I'm even going to watch it, to be honest. It's really great marketing here, isn't it? And thanks for listening, and we will see you again next time. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.